0: does a limited company actually save you tax is one of the most frequent questions we get asked at Medics Money, And the answer is, as you're going to see from today, it depends on your personal circumstances and situation. And one of our most popular episodes is episode 32, where we discuss the basics of this. But since we made that episode about a year ago, lots has changed around the taxation of companies. So we thought it would be good to update the podcast, but also this is a bit of a first for us. We are broadcasting this on our YouTube channel as well because today we're talking about the numbers really and comparing the taxation of a limited company versus self-employed and there's one massive spreadsheet which we love spreadsheets and so using it on YouTube means that you can see the numbers as well and follow along with the podcast so if you're listening on the podcast that's great it will be absolutely fine but if you did want to see the spreadsheet in action then head on over to our YouTube channel I've put the link below and we are doing more and more YouTube we haven't really done YouTube in any meaningful way so far and that's because We didn't have time. We're a bit scared. Me and Ed are naturally quite shy. This still feels strange talking to a screen to me, but we are doing more because we've been out and about doing some speaking engagements and it's been amazing to meet you all out there and get the great feedback from you. And we love interacting with you. And, youtube has a comment section so we were thinking that you might leave us comments about what was good and anything else that you would want us to cover and also any questions that you had and we will do our very best to answer them so if you're not following us on youtube head on over to youtube don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you like what you hear and see and also if you want to drop a question in the comments i told you i wasn't very good at this then <laughs> do that and we'll do our very best to get back to you and if you're a fan of the podcast don't worry the podcast is going from strength to strength it's just that we're going to do a bit of youtube as well as and when it seems appropriate the medics money podcast helps doctors dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions hosted by myself dr tommy perkins a gp and by me dr ed Cantilow, a gp but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So on today's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Jenny Stone from RBP Specialist Medical Accountants. So, Jenny, you're a veteran of the podcast now you've been on several episodes and you also did our I think it was our first ever pensions webinar where we weren't really sure if doctors were interested in pensions so we sent out an email and over a thousand people turned (laughs) up live
1: Yeah, that was pretty crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) lockdown.
0: (laughs) It was crazy. So just give yourself a quick intro and then we'll get into it. I'm
1: Jenny Stone. I'm a partner at RBP Chartered Accountants. We are medical specialists. It's all we do. We act for about 350 GP practices, about 1,900 GPs and hospital consultants, and about 40 PCNs. And I've been doing this for probably nearly 19 years. It's all we do. And I have to say, it's getting more and more complex. So very important to have sort of medical specialists. specialists.
0: Absolutely. And the topic we're covering today is something that we've covered before in the past and something that we get asked, and I'm sure you get asked all the time, is should I start a limited company? And the answer, as ever, is depends. And we are going to give you more detail about that. But since we recorded episode 32, where we talked about this last time, lots of stuff has changed. So should we just start by outlining sort of the basic concept of what a limited company is and why it might be beneficial before we get into the changes?
1: Yeah, so I agree, Tommy, we get asked this all the time, you know, should I have a limited company, my friend's got one, should I set it up? And I agree, we always say it does depend on your own circumstances. So obviously, I think a lot of people know that As a self-employed person, they pay 40% tax. And so what they hear is they go, Oh, well, a company, I'd only pay 19% tax. I'm going to save all this money. But it's not as straightforward as that. So just to go over the basics, which I know we've talked about on the last podcast, but a company is a completely separate entity to you as an individual. So when you're self-employed, your money can go into your bank account, you can spend it as you wish because you pay tax on your profits. With a company, it's a separate entity. So separate bank account, your company. Will pay corporation tax. And yes, the current rate is 19%, but I will go through obviously how that's going to change from next year and the impact that will have. But it's how do you get the money out of a company? So it's sitting in that company. The only way you can take it out is a salary or dividend. Salary above and, I, and tax thresholds, you're going to pay income tax, dividends, there's further tax to pay. So whenever I get that call that says, oh, Jenny, my friends told me I should set up a company. I always have to have that conversation to say, right, well, we need to see, do you need to take all your money out of the company? Because the likelihood is if you need to get all that money out, you're going to pay corporation tax and then higher rate tax on your dividends. So we have to look at the individual circumstances. So yeah, And I think there's lots of people that will have companies now that they Will need to think about, you know, what are the changes to the tax rates and is it still going to be worthwhile having?
0: Yeah. And I think. You know, people see that 19% corporation tax, and then they look at their personal income tax rate of 40%, for example, and they think, aha, that's great. But as we're about to see, it's much more complicated than that. So Jenny, I think it might be useful to have a look at some actual numbers and a beautiful spreadsheet, which if you're watching on YouTube, I highly recommend having a look at because this just shows you the numbers in black and white. So what we have for those watching on the podcast is option one is self-employed. Option two is working as a limited company to taking the profit as dividends. And option three that we're going to talk about is taking the salary and dividends. So have a look at it on YouTube is my tip. But Jenny, do you want to talk us about how the numbers stack up and why?
1: Yeah. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at an individual who is self employed at the moment, earning 100,000. So, as a self employed individual, they've got 100,000 pounds of self employed profits. They keep their tax free personal allowance. So, if you're earning over 100,000, you start to lose that tax free personal allowance. So, this individual in this example, it's at 100. So, they keep their full personal allowance. So, their taxable income is the 87,000. So what they pay as a self-employed individual is the first 37,000 is at 20%. The next 49,000 is at 40%. So this is the income tax they're paying. And then there's national insurance to pay. So... A self-employed individual pays class two national insurance, which is a small amount that gets paid. And then there's class four national insurance. And class four national insurance is paid based on your profits. Now, basically, the national insurance is banded. So you've got the first band between 9850 which previously the rate was 9%. But as we know, national insurance has gone up for everybody by 1.25%. So that new band now is going to be at 10.25%. And then everything above 50,000 was previously at 2%. And it's now at 3.25%. So this is all the national insurance that is going to be paid. And national insurance has gone up for everybody. So if you're an employee, you're paying more national insurance. If you're an employer, the employers NI has also increased increased. increased. When we look at this, we've got total deductions of 33,000. So that's the total tax you're paying. So when you look at net income, you've got 100,000 pounds of profit, take off the tax in an eye, you've got net annual income of about 66,000. So about five and a half thousand Now, if you set up a company, so let's say we've got that 100,000, that all goes into a company. Now, again, as I've said, a company is a separate entity. So a company will pay corporation tax and then you pay further tax when you take the money out. So in option two, we're just looking at you taking all the income out as dividends. So I've got company profit of 100,000. Now, currently, the corporation tax rate is 19% for everybody. But this is changing and the change doesn't come in until next April. So April 23. The NI change came in now from the 6th of April 22. Corporation tax change is one year later. So in the old days, we used to have a main rate for companies and then we used to have a small companies rate and you had kind of what was called marginal relief. And there's you know a fraction or whatever that you look at. But essentially, we have gone back to. So the main rate of corporation tax is going to be 25 percent. There's a small companies rate. So if your profits are less than 50,000, you'll still pay 19 percent. But the profits between the 50 and the 250 is at a marginal rate. And that marginal rate is essentially 26.5 percent. So what you're going to have is you're going to have profits of 100,000. The first 50,000 is at 90 percent. The next 50,000 is at 26.5 percent. And again, as I said, this change of corporation tax is from April 23. So currently, as anyone that's got a company that's got 100,000 in it, you're paying 19,000 corporation tax. That will increase from April 23 to 22,000. So if we're saying that you're going to take all of this as dividends, you draw out 77,000 as dividends, you get your tax free personal allowance of 12 and and then you're going to pay income tax on that dividend income. And there are set rates for dividend income tax. So the first 2,000 is at 0%. And what I would also say that maybe people with companies maybe aren't fully aware of, we all know that NI is going up by 1.25%. But what the government have also done is they've also increased the income tax rate for dividends. There's no national insurance on dividends, and the government don't like the fact that people could set up a company to try and pay less tax. So when they put the NI rates up by 1.25%, they've also put the income tax rates for dividends up by 1.25%. So 2,000 is at 0%, 35,700 is now at 8.75%. It previously was 7.5%. And then as a higher rate taxpayer, the higher rate tax rate is 33.75%, not 32.5%. So and those tax rate change has come in now in line with when the NI rates changes, the corporation taxes a year later. So this company is going to pay 22,000 corporation tax, but the individual when they draw that money out is going to pay about 12,000 pounds. So when you look at this, the total tax that the company and the individual pay is actually 34,000, leaving net income of 65,000. So it's actually costing them more having a company because of the increase in corporation tax rates. And we can see here that I've got Actually, the cost is about 1600 But again, when you're setting up a limited company, you've got to take into account the additional cost, the accountancy fees, the additional cost of running. So in this example, I'm saying, well, actually, that 100000 as a self-employed individual, if you put that into a company, it's going to cost you 2500 more.
0: So that could be a bit of a bombshell for some people, especially those that are listening to the podcast and can't see the spreadsheet. But just to clarify what you just said, that in this example, two doctors or anyone earning £100,000, one self-employed and one limited company with the profits taken as dividends, the limited company person would pay £2,490 more. The company doesn't make sense to the tune of £2,490.
1: Yeah. And that's simply because the corporation tax rate is increasing from April 23. Absolutely.
0: And that's a change, which is why we we recorded this episode. So thanks for doing that. Okay, And then so the final option that you have, as you can see from the screen, is a limited company, again, earning £100,000, but this time taking the salary and dividends. So take us through why this is different.
1: So obviously I talked about the only way you can get money out of a company is either salary and dividends. So what you could do is you could pay yourself a salary below the national insurance limit because there's no point paying a salary above the NI limit because the company has to pay employers NI and run a payroll and PAYE. So what you can pay below an NI limit is the 9,000. Well, that will be an expense. So it reduces your profits that your corporation tax is payable. So you would then have profits of 90,000 And then again, the corporation tax is from April 23, 50,000 at 19%, 40,000 at the 26.5%. So total corporation tax is 20,000. So just by paying yourself a salary, you are saving, you know, two and a half thousand on corporation tax because you're saving now at this kind of new rate of 26%. So you would then be left with 70,000 that you could take out as a dividend. So then obviously you're going to do your own income tax return. You're going to put on your salary of 9,000 plus your dividends. Your total income will be about 79,000 you keep your personal allowance and then again the dividend tax rates as we've talked about so when you look at this option the total corporation tax and the total income tax on the dividends is about 33000 so you've got annual income of about 66000 but at the same time when we look at kind of tax We also got to look at the cost of running the company, you've got increased accountancy fees, etc. So there is still a net cost in this example. So yes, it's better, but there is still an overall net cost.
0: Yeah, so just for those on the podcast, the net cost there is 893. So still worse off than just being self employed in this example. Okay. That was really interesting. This spreadsheet is brilliant. I could look at these numbers all day. I think the numbers are really important. There's more to think about than the numbers, but we're going to talk about that in a bit. So should we have a look at the example now with an income of 130,000?
1: Yeah. So what I've talked about is that Hopefully, people are aware that if your taxable income is over 100,000, you lose your tax free personal allowance. So, once you're over 100,000, and I say this to my clients a lot, you don't want to fall into this tax bracket between 100,000 and 125,000 because you are effectively paying 60% tax on 25,000 of your income. So, I always say to clients, you either want to stay below 100,000 or you're just earning way too much that there's not a lot you can do about it. So, this example just changes it. So, what I've done is I've said, well, what if your profit was 130, i.e., you're going to lose all of your tax free personal allowance. I've worked out the tax, worked out the national insurance, taken into account the increase in NI, and then we've looked at kind of your net income. Now, if you set up a company, your company's profit is 130,000. We've worked out the corporation tax, taken into account the new rates from April 23, and then you'd have 30,000 of corporation tax to pay. Like you would have 99,000 that you could take as dividend. So by moving that money into a company, you've actually retained your tax-free personal allowance because your taxable income is now under 100,000. So yes, you're going to pay your dividend tax on that taxable income. But when you look at the overall comparison, yes, it's going to overall save you about 984 pounds tax. So you might look at and think, oh, great, I'm going to save a thousand pounds tax. But Take into account the fact that there are additional costs of having a company. You've got to pay accountancy fees. The accountant has got to do company accounts. They've got to do a corporation tax return, company secretarial work. You're only doing a tax return with a self-employed. There's a lot more compliance for companies that accountants have to deal with. So their fees are more. So when you take into account, say, the fees that you may pay, the saving is about £120. Now, if you look at the third option where you pay yourself a salary below the NI limit, you're going to pay overall less corporation tax. But in this example, when you look at the salary and the dividends together, your income is just over 100000 so you slightly lose some of your personal allowance. But even with that, working out the tax on the dividends, there is actually a saving of about £1,400 because what you're saving by paying yourself a salary, which is an expense, it's reducing the corporation tax you're paying. And you can see at this level, you know, now corporation tax will be going up from April next year, you're saving more by paying yourself a salary. So this is where When I talk about you've got to look at your circumstances, it is very individual. And this demonstrates that there are savings if at a certain income level as well.
0: Definitely. Okay, so those numbers were awesome. So I'm going to try and simplify this and let me know if I oversimplify. it. But basically, my hot take there is that if you need to take all of the money out of the company every year, then there's not a tremendous advantage to being a limited company. Is that Fair?
1: Absolutely. I always say to clients that if you need to take all of the money out, you're not going to save heaps of tax. It's not, you know, where people will save tax is if they don't need to take all of their money out because you only pay your dividend tax on dividends you draw out. So you could say by kind of going, you know what, I don't need 50,000 of this income. So I'm just going to leave it in the company. And therefore, then if you're leaving money in the company, you're only paying the corporation tax on it, which we've seen is going to go up from next year, but you're not paying the dividend tax.
0: Yeah. Another thing that I kind of wanted to point out is, you know, we see a lot of firms, not those on Medics money, but you just got to remember that your accountant will get fees from starting up a limited company for you, but the tax savings for you might not be that great. And unfortunately, it's rare, but we do see unscrupulous accountants who maybe are more interested in the fees than the actual numbers. And I just wanted to say, basically, anyone listening to this podcast is probably less likely to need a limited company as a result of the information that you are giving, Jenny. So you are basically pushing customers away. And that's why I love working with all the accountants on Money because they're great. And we are just trying to inform you on all the pros and the cons. And I think there are some accountants out there that make the fee whatever happens. Okay, so just remember that. And Jenny is trying to point you in the right direction here. So we've been a little bit negative about companies there maybe, or should we say realistic, but there are some advantages to a company, especially if you don't need to take all the money out. We alluded to that. So should we just hit some of the advantages that may apply to a limited company? Because in some cases, it can make a lot of sense.
1: Absolutely. So I have lots of clients who might be, they might be GP partners, they might be employed, they might be hospital consultants. So they've got kind of a main source of income, but they're going off doing other work. Now, if they're already paying higher rates of tax, Could be getting close to losing their personal allowance band, then it might make sense to put that money into a company. Because especially when you're sitting near that 100,000, you can see that actually, if you put it into a company and you didn't need it, then if the difference between, let's say, you earn 100,000 in a main job, and you do 20,000 of other work, you're effectively, if you do that on a self employed basis, paying income tax at 60%. If you didn't say need that money, you could put that into a limited company. You would pay a corporation tax, but it can sit in the company. So I have lots, and that's why I talk about, you know, and I absolutely agree with what you're saying, Tommy. You could easily say, yep, set one up. But actually, I look at it. Is it worth it? What's it going to cost you to actually run this company? So I think you've got to look at individual circumstances. If you don't need the money, so where again, it can be beneficial is if they've got a partner, a spouse that is a basic rate taxpayer, you could bring them in, they could own some of the shares, and then they could get a dividend, and they're only paying seven and a half percent. So again, but you have to be very careful in your share structure. Because again, years and years ago, the government tried to challenge structures where you've got the main worker doing all the work earning all the income, but they make their, you know, their basic rate partner spouse and give them more shares so that they get a bigger dividend. So the government would kind of say, well, you're just shifting income to avoid paying tax. So you have to be careful in the shareholding allocation between you and maybe a basic rate family member that you're bringing in. But that is also a way where you could bring them in they could own 20 30 shares get a dividend and they may well be doing work for the company doing all the admin they could be paid a dividend and that may also save you some tax so there are ways that a company can help we used to see not so much now but obviously i know we never want to talk about pensions but you know the annual allowance and the growth in the NHS pension scheme mean that a lot of high earning doctors have huge tax bills to pay. There was the taper that meant that the 40,000 growth got tapered down to 10,000. But that was if your income is over 110,000. So a lot of people, if they had extra income, could put it into a company to try and keep themselves below that taper bracket so that they could have an annual allowance of 40,000. It isn't as much as an issue now because they have obviously put the taper threshold up to 200 but again, some people in that they may want to look at it from that point of view. And another reason that sometimes people say it comes up is actually you can't pension any of your income that goes into a limited company. So if you were a locum working at a GP practice, and it's going to a company, you cannot pension it. So actually, some clients like that, because they've got big pension problems and tax consequences of the annual allowance. So they might want to go, you know what, I'm going to put this NHS income into my company, I then can't pension it. And that works for them.
0: Just to clarify, when you say you you can't pension it in the NHS scheme as a limited company, but you could pension it in another scheme, uh, but definitely be aware of annual allowance, lifetime allowance, if you are pensioning NHS and limited company. But yeah, yeah, that that is a big downside for me. And I see a lot of locum GPs working via limited companies and Again, if they haven't consulted a specialist medical accountant, often the non specialist accountants, it doesn't occur to them that they can't get in the pension. And then you just think, God, do they really know the pension, not advice, but the pension is still a great asset. Still, I'm sure absolutely. if you could swap your private pension, Jenny, for my NHS pension, you might be interested. I definitely
1: in... would. I definitely yeah. would. I'm not interested <laughs> in
0: swapping for the record. So I think that's a big thing that, you know, somebody says, oh, we're going to save some tax and limited company. And they just think, goodness me, you know, the pension benefits that you're losing enormous. But yeah, we try not to talk about the pension. But I think it's a good point, you know. To... I think
1: it is because I think sometimes when I talk to people, I say "But you're not going to be able to pension. So what you need to consider when you're looking at a limited company is not just tax savings. You've got to take into account the cost of running the company and also potentially the lost pension benefit.
0: Yeah. So that was great. Should we talk a bit about the longer term plan of having a company?
1: Yeah, because I think what we've been talking about is there are advantages with having a company, leaving the money in if you don't need it. But actually, then what happens to all of that money that's accumulating in the company? And how do you get it out? Because remember, we're saying that this company is a totally separate entity to you. You may be the director and you may be the shareholder, but it is separate. So if you've got 200,000 now that you've built up in a limited company, how do you get it out? So What some individuals do is they'll go, Well, I'll take it when I retire and I'll take my dividends and I can drip feed dividends every year in my retirement and I'll be paying lower rates of tax. The likelihood is if you're a doctor and you've got an NHS pension in retirement, you're not going to be a basic rate taxpayer. So if you've got your company and you're thinking, I'm going to drip feed dividends, you've got to bear in mind that you're still going to be paying high rates of tax on those dividends because the likelihood is you will be a high rate taxpayer. So what you can do is what some people do is they'll go, Right. I'll just build this money up into my company. And then when I come to retire, I will close the company down. What you can do is if you've got 200,000 sitting in your company, you can say, well, this is going to be a capital distribution to shareholders. And a capital distribution means that it's not an income distribution. So you're not paying income tax on it, you're paying capital gains tax on it. And the capital gains tax at the moment, the rules are you have what everybody knows as entrepreneur's relief, but you have sort of business asset relief, which means if you're selling shares in a trading company, you would then be able to pay a 10% capital gains tax. Now, previously, you know, I talk about the good old days, but in the old days, you could have a company 200,000, you could just apply to a company's house, strike the company off, pay 10, 15 pounds to strike it off and take all that money out of the capital distribution. But the government changed the rules Quite a long time ago, to say under an informal winding up of a company, so you want to just pay 10 pounds to strike the company off, you can only have a capital payout of 25,000. So, if you've got 200,000 sitting in your company, you've got to go down the formal liquidation route. So, you have to get a liquidator in to liquidate the company, and that can cost obviously thousands of pounds. However, at that point, depending on what you've got left in, still paying a liquidator thousands of pounds to liquidate your company may. Overall, still save tax because the capital gains currently they don't change the rules, you're paying 10%. So, capital gains tax is 20%, but with this business asset relief, it reduces it down to 10%.
0: Okay, so we started with the bad news, but now these are ways that if you don't need to take everything out, then at the end, you can be a bit clever. And, you know, that sounds like there are potential tax savings there as well. Shall we? finish up by talking about something which I don't think gets enough airtime but is a bit of a worry and this is overdrawn directors loan accounts and the implications so if this has exploded your head I'm going to put some links below with the basics that we did last time about how a company works why it's different from the structure of it okay so getting in pretty detailed here but just check out the links for the basics but let's go for this
1: yeah because I think this is where people set companies up and they get themselves into a bit of a mess because they think, so when you're self-employed, your money can go into a bank account and you can take it out and spend it whenever you want because you're paying tax on self-employed profits. The company is a totally separate entity. So it's not just your personal bank account that you can just take out what you want to take out. So what sometimes I see is that People don't want to pay a dividend because they don't want to pay dividend tax, but they need a bit of extra money because they're doing something. So they borrow money from the company. So if you're borrowing money from a company, you are taking a director's loan and there are tax implications with a director's loan. So if you take a director's loan, if it's repaid, if you borrow, let's say, I don't know, you want to do some work on your house and you're not going to get paid for whatever. So you want to take 20,000 out of your company, but you know that in three months time, you're going to get some money to pay it back. So if you borrow money from the company, as long as it's paid within nine months of the accounting year end, there's no tax payable on it. But if you borrow money from the company and it's more than 10,000 pounds and you don't repay it within nine months, then there is what is called, and they've changed the section number ages ago, but it's called a section 455 tax charge. So don't need to worry about the section. Essentially, it's like having a dividend. You are paying a corporation tax charge at dividend rates. So you would have paid it at 2.5%. It's now 33.75%. So it's treated as though actually you took the money out of the dividend. And also you have to take into account that if this is an interest-free loan to a director, it's a benefit in kind. That benefit in kind needs to be declared. Employers NI needs to be paid and the individual would pay tax on it. I've also had clients go to me. Well, Jenny, what if I borrow the twenty thousand? I pay it back within the nine months, but then a month later, I take it out again. So this is what we call in the industry bed and breakfasting rule. So you're overall, you're still borrowing the money. So you can't go. Oh, that 20,000, I'll repay it within nine months, no tax charge, I'll take it out the next month. Then I'll repay it again and keep taking it out. So there is anti-avoidance legislation with that. What I always say to my clients is when you're looking about how much money can I take from the company, you've got to think about that what you can take out as a dividend or as a lawful dividend has to be retained reserves. And retained reserves are essentially your profit less corporation tax. So you need to be leaving in enough money in your company to pay expenses and the corporation tax. And that's where we see a lot of people that set up a company, they don't really understand that it's a completely separate entity, that there's all these rules. There then can be sort of tax consequences later down the line because they think they've planned it. So they're not taking money out and paying dividend tax, but they've actually borrowed money and essentially paying dividend tax via sort of corporation tax.
0: Awesome. So, slightly more complex end of the spectrum there, but I think definitely worth mentioning. So, I'm going to try and give you a summary of what I've taken from this and correct me if I'm wrong because we've covered a lot of ground today. So, a limited company is a separate entity. And although that separate entity pays corporation tax at 19%, and with the changes that you mentioned coming up, that's going to possibly change, it is not your money. Okay. So, if you want to get that money out, you can take it out as a salary and you ran the calculations on that amazing spreadsheet, you could take it out as a salary and dividends. And that obviously would attract tax, you could leave it in the company. And then if you leave it in the company, and you can afford to leave it in, that's where some of the tax savings come from. So you could invest that money. We've got a podcast on that. We didn't talk about cars today, but you could buy a electric car and that can be good. we leave that one. I'll put the link to that below. You could do your spouse thing if that's right for the structure and subject to proper advice. And then you can distribute the profits at the end using the methods that you just talked about. So for me, I think, and again, this is a generalization, please correct me. If you need to take all the money out right now, it doesn't make a great deal of sense. But if you can leave some of that money in, then it starts to become quite a powerful tax planning tool. What did I miss? What did I get wrong? Let's go.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you. I always, for the first point of call, when I talk to a client or somebody sort of ask about limits coming, I say, do you need all the money? Because if you need all the money, I then go, it's really not going to be worth it. So I absolutely agree. If that's all your income and you've got no other earnings and you want to put it into a company and you want to take it all out, it's not going to save you anything. The slides demonstrate that. And it's actually even going to be worse, given that corporation tax rates are planning to be increased from April 23. But I absolutely agree that there are times when a company could be worthwhile when you don't need the money when you can build it up absolutely but all I would stress to anybody that's listening that wants to set a company up is just take advice because your circumstances are not going to be the same as your friend or you know you might earn the same but your circumstances will be different and as I say whenever I have somebody contact me I kind of And maybe it's because I'm a numbers person, but I like to run numbers. I like to be able to see, is it really going to be worth it? Yes, I could make a whole load of accountancy fees out of it, but actually, is it right for the client? And very much what we do at RBP is looking at what is right for the client and their circumstances.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for your time today, Jenny. We were just saying before we came on that we're thinking about doing some more webinars and I'm going to put this on YouTube. So if you've got any questions, drop them in the comments and we'll try to answer them for you as well in the YouTube comments. And if you're not on our email list, get on our email list because that's where we'll advertise the webinar first. I mean, it's taken you two years to recover from the trauma. of. I mean, I didn't know that a thousand people were going to turn up. Well, I thought Medics Money was just, you know, me and Ed and a few friends. And I thought, you know, it might be 50 people there and a thousand people turned up. So it was and that,
1: crazy. It was I think crazy. that was your
0: first webinar as well, right?
1: It was my first webinar with you. Yes, it was, Tommy. And it was very crazy. It was really good. Oh,
0: was and excellent. I, ha- I
1: have clients now that say to me, oh, I watched that webinar. It was brilliant. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Still on YouTube. So yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Jenny. Always a pleasure. And let's not leave it so long having you back on the podcast i really enjoy our little chats on the podcast and the numbers i love them so thanks so much if people want to get hold of you visit rbp.co.uk or what's the best That's way it.
1: yeah yeah so if you want to get hold of us it's info at rbp.co.uk yes and our website rbp.co.uk
0: perfect thank you so much jenny take care
1: bye